0: We're in uh, the book of Matthew, we're in chapter 6, Mat- Matthew was written by Matthew, we're in the, the ser- Sermon on the mount. mount, which is a sermon preached by Jesus, Jesus. All right, that's right, and we're in chapter 6, Is sort of where we're going to find ourselves. Um, when I was growing up, I'm talking about ages between 6 and 10, way back, way back in the, in the day, everybody do this. You're weirdos. Okay, stop. Okay, we so we went back in time. When I was six to eight, um, Saturday mornings were a big deal, and it wasn't because we didn't have school that day. Do you know why it was such a big deal? Who, what? Cartoons were Saturday morning. From 7 a.m., it might have been before that, but I wasn't up before that, 7 a.m. until noon on three channels, ABC, NBC, and CBS. I don't know if Fox was even around back then. And that's all we had. And it was awesome. It was the best thing ever. You would like like you are surviving through the week as a six-year-old, however you have to survive, just to make it to that day. And you would morph on cartoons from 7 a.m. until noon. At least that's what we did. Because we didn't have Disney Channel, Nickelodeon. We didn't have a DVR. What was that? That wasn't invented for a long time. We didn't have Netflix. We didn't have YouTube. Some of you are like going... Were there dinosaurs around when, when you were, it was just like, and I remember when I was six or seven watching Soup Super, Super Friends, incredible show, and Speed, Speed Buggy, if you've never seen this show, you got, it'll change your life, it will change your life, and in between the, these shows, even as you've seen today, there were these things called commercials. And I would see things that I knew if I could get my hands on this as a seven-year-old would change my life forever. And one of those things was this commercial right here. It has sound to it, I think. Your mission, to rescue your friend high above. A job for your Spider-Man web shooter. Flip your secret wristband. Take aim. And it downslides your fantasy. But wait. Here go the bad guys. Reload. Take aim. Shoot. Zap. Got them. Bring them in. The Spider-Man web shooter supports the weight of toys only. Dollars are not included. Buy fun stuff. So each of you beneath your chairs is, now. I'm kidding. Some of you are like, really? So I wanted a Spider-Man web shooter because it was the coolest thing in the world and i knew i could save the world with that and i would be a a hero to the world if i got it a few weeks passed um, it's a weird story but my mom went in the hospital to have mom stuff done and i was sent to my grandma's house with my 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 si- sister now my grandma her name we we called her gran was cool as all get out she would cook the best foods, like, so mom wouldn't let us eat, and she would, at night, we'd stay up until 12 or 1, and she showed us how to play poker with chips and bedding, and we did this until, like, one or two, I was, like, seven, (laughs) and I learned to play poker with my grandma, it was awesome, Uh, and so, anyways, to sort of ease our time there, because my mom thought we were having a very rough time, she would have a gift, she had bought some gifts for us that we would get to unwrap each day, like could be like a big pack of gum or something like that. My mom, God bless her, wasn't always the best gift giver. It was usually weird stuff that you would never be able to wear. Um, But it was was like good little toys. Well, the third day that I was at my grandma's house, guess what I got? Spider-Man web shooter. And I remember going, holy cow, my life is complete. I need nothing else. And I unwrapped that puppy, strapped it on my wrist. I looked at the front door, which is about ten feet away. I went, I can tag that thing. And I went, because you got to do it right. You can't be like shooting. You got. I did that, and it shot. And it, thunk, the dart stuck on the door, string still attached. I was like, holy cow! I went, grabbed it, undid it, jammed it in. It made a little pop, popping sound, and a couple of little red pieces came out of it. But I didn't, didn't mind, so I, I jammed it in, and I went to shoot again, and guess what? It, it was broken. I know. You, you're feeling my pain, aren't you? As a six-year-old or seven-year-old, I was devastated. And I learned a couple things that day. I learned, number one, stuff breaks. Number two, I learned... Stuff doesn't satisfy. And number three, I learned, I always want more stuff. Right? Well, that didn't satisfy. There's got to be something else that will and something else that will, right? Have you ever been there? You've got something, go, man, if I just get this, I will be set. And then you get it and go, well, I just need this one more thing too. And this more thing too. We're, we're never satisfied. Would you agree with me that America has a lot of problems? If anybody even watched the TV last night, you'd go, yeah. I don't care what side of the fence you're on on it. There's a lot of problems. But you know, one of the greatest ones we have is the one that we, we probably talk about the least, is America has a stuff problem. Do you know we buy big homes just to fit our stuff in? And our garages, which were really built initially to hold cars... It starts to fill with stuff and our cars don't fit in that stuff. And so then we end up getting a shed for the backyard to hold some of our stuff that was in the garage because we need more room for stuff. And now we don't just have a shed in the backyard, we have a she shed. What's up with that, right? So so mom's got to have a shed now too. And then some go, you know, we don't have room. We need to rent a storage shed for 99 bucks a month. That's 10 by 10 by 10 to store more of our stuff in. Would y'all agree we have a problem? Yes. Slight. We have a, a huge problem with stuff. So we've talked about uh, giving. It's not about me. Prayer, it's not about me. Fasting, which y'all hung in great with this past week. It's, it's not about me. We can do all those things wrong. We can do these great things, giving prayer and fasting. We can do them all for ourselves, and they have no, no meaning to them if we do them wrong. And then all of a sudden... Jesus in this text we're about to hit starts to talk about stuff. And our our title for tonight is stuff. It's it it's not it's 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 not about me. Because we need to learn how to deal with stuff, how to handle stuff, because it is going to be thrown at you for the rest of your life, especially in good old the US of A. We have so much stuff. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 24. And if you don't have it, I think we've got the scripture on the screen. And would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this? Just follow along with me, beginning in verse 19. It says this, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's pray one more time tonight. Dear God, we thank you for your word. God, we ask for you to open uh, our eyes and our hearts to 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 see your word, to not only see it, but accept it and Lord, live it out, because uh, one, we need it for our own lives, and two, a world around us needs to see it uh, lived out the right way. Give us strength and courage to follow you wherever you lead. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, everybody have a seat. You know, this, this, this topic of stuff is very important, and I think if we look in the Word of God it's, it's very important to God. When I looked at the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, you know three of them can really primarily deal in a lot of ways with stuff? First one, you shall have no other gods before me. How many times does stuff become a god in our life? Man, if I can just have that job, if I can just have that house, that I can have this, these clothes, If I can just look this way. Two, you shall not steal. That involves stuff. It could say you shall not steal stuff. Three, the third one is you shall not covet or want. When you see something, someone else has and goes, man, I wish I had that. I ought to have that. They ought not to have that. Have you heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Right? Right? You are what you eat. So that, does that mean if you eat a hamburger, you're a cow? Well, no, it doesn't. What it, what it means is health, healthy food in means healthy body, body out, junk food in, junky body out. It's, it's just, it's not good for your health. That's so, so what you eat is sort of, of what you are. <clears throat> I had a, a little line in there I was going to talk about. You know, you know how many of y'all said, ha, 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 this from, from last week? Pastor Dan, you said you were ad- addicted to Coke, ha, <laughs> from last week, ha, <laughs> Y'all are so funny. So, so I did. Coca-Cola, slightly addicted to Coca-Cola. So, um, you know, this principle applies uh, you are what you invest in. Same rule. You, you are what you eat. The same thing, you are what you invest in. And let me put it this way. Where you put your money and time is in direct correlation of what's important to you. It doesn't matter what you say is important to you. It's what you do with your time and money that will really truly say what is important to you. Uh, If you want to know what is important to someone, ask them where they put their resources of time and money. And if someone says, oh, yes, man, I love... Orphans and the needy and starving kids around the world. And, uh, and man, I have such a passion for them. And if you go, hey, do you get this, like, support and help out? And they go, nah, man, I just bought this new truck and this boat and I just don't have the money to, 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 to help them out. Do they really love orphans and starving kids around the world? Some will say, yeah, yeah, because they said they do. It's with your time and resources. What do you do with them really tells of who you are and what you are. Uh, If we can't um, sacrifice in order to help or care for someone else, do we really care? That's sort of the question. So Jesus hits this pretty hard uh, here. And and look again in verse uh, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourself treasures. Uh, on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Um, you, know, you know, he says, no, these things that you are, and we all do it, we've all done it. If, if you are of any age in this room, you have put your faith in something that you bought, these new shoes that are going to make things better, this, these new clothes, this watch, this phone, whatever, you put your faith in it. And Jesus says, hey, whatever the stuff is, it's going to break down. It's going to fall apart, especially if it's made nowadays compared to 30 years ago or 40. You used to buy a lawnmower and it would last you for like 25 years. Now it lasts for about four. Things are going to break down. Even the ones that would last a long time are still going to break down and fail. And the thing about stuff is this. Is this is what I've learned. I can tell you this from what I've learned, and a lot of you would agree with this. It doesn't satisfy. I mean, it looks good. You convince yourself, this is what I need. But when you get it, ah, it just wasn't as great as what it was supposed to be. It didn't match up. And that's sort of what what Jesus said. Uh, there's a man uh, in the early 1900s named uh john rockefeller have you heard of him before right okay he was a very rich one of the richest men in the u.s there might have been one one more guy that had more wealth than he had in 1913 he had uh, of all the wealth in the u.s that counts land buildings money all that he owned one percent of all the wealth in in the u.s one man he's rich right Bill Gates, he was, he is, if you in in use inflation and, and whatnot, he had four to five times more money than Bill Gates has today. And he was asked, uh, how much money is enough? And this is what he said: just a little bit more. Man, with that much money, that much still could not be satisfied. And this is a truth that Jesus knew. And uh, new and, and look at in verse 20. But lay up for yourself. So, so what do you do? Don't lay up treasures um, on, on earth, but lay up for yourself treasures in he- he- heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. So, what does it mean to lay treasures in heaven? And I think we can look at this text. This is where context is important. We've been in this chapter 5 and 6 for a while now. So, what has he taught them all? Before this, this is what he's taught them in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21: don't be angry, practice peace. This is, this is what else he said in verse 27 of chapter 5: don't lust, practice purity. And in verse 39, he says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, offer them your left. What does that mean? He says, Hey, give grace and forgiveness to people that come in your life. The, ne- the next one, in, in, in verse 44, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And then he goes on and says, and when you give, give this way. Don't give that way. When you pray, don't pray that way. This is the way you ought to pray. When you fast, don't fast that way. Fast this way. What is all that? Those are treasures in heaven. Obedience to God's word. And you can just take a list, and there's more, more in the word, but this is just a list of like eight things that he's taught on in 30 ver- ver- verses of, of, of treasures in heaven that we can store up. And it's interesting, in chapter 6 where we are, when he talks about giving and we he talks about prayer and fasting, at the end of the paragraph of each one, it says this line, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. What does he reward you with? Treasures in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. So the, the question is this, and we're running through this text really quick, but there's not a whole lot to explain. So where's your heart? Is it on the things of the world or is it on the things of God? And I think if we are real with ourselves, we go, you know what, man, man, my heart has been so much on the things of the world. I've been putting so much weight and so much trust and so much hope in the things of the world and the world is going to fail you. God will not. Verse 21, he says this, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. What you invest in, that's, that's what you love. What are you investing in? So we are in a battle in our lives over stuff. Do you understand that? Over stuff. And in... Verse 22, and when I read this text first, it took me a while to sort of grab where I felt like the text was going here, and uh, some commentators have sort of agreed with sort of the direction I felt like the text said. Uh, I think in verse 22, Jesus shows us how to win the battle, because it's a battle, and it's not something like, yeah, I heard that, that, me- that, that message that night, and I said, God, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm good for the rest of my life. No, it's a battle. Every day, you laying down your wants. But look at what it says here in verse 22. Let's read that again. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And this is what I think the text is saying here. This battle over stuff is won and lost with your eyes and the way that you see things. If I look at the world around me and my eyes are he- healthy in a sp- sp- spiritual health type of way, this is what, what I, I see. I'm thankful for the things God has given me. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for how he's provided for me. I see a need and I, I'm compassionate on that need and caring about that need. That's healthy way. You want to be good with stuff and stuff not rule over your life? Be thankful and be compassionate. And it starts with the way that you see things, the way that you look around, the way that you choose to see things. The bad eye, the spiritually unhealthy eye, sees stuff and brings it into the body. And what is that? It's entitlement. And, man, we are horrible at this. We think we deserve Uh, A lot of us, as we grow up, we think we deserve better than what our mom and dad have. So at a young age, when we move out of the house, we'll get the best car. We're going to get a better house because we deserve it. That's called entitlement. That's selfishness. That's greed. Um, Another one is, is jealousy. We see things and we're like, man, they don't deserve that. I deserve that more than they do. Why? 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 Why did he get that that car, or or truck, or that's not fair at all. And jealousy uh, can wreck us. It 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 grows into bitterness. Man, you know, jealousy when it turns bad, it, it sours, and then man, I hate that guy. Why? Because he's got something that I want. And this jealous bent has now gotten bitter and now it's turned to hate. So the healthy eyes, giving, thankful, compassionate, the, the, uh, and that fills the body with light. Man, if you look at things and go, man, let me be giving, let me be compassionate, let me be thankful, what is going to come in is, 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 is God is going to be working in your life. But if it's enti- entitled, jealous, and bitter, uh, it's going to fill the body with darkness. You're like, ooh, like really dark? Like, You know, I am not, this church, my last church, I was there for quite a long time. And I had served there for probably five to, to, to seven years at the time. And I was, I was, I had sort of worked my ranks up in the church and sort of helped run the staff. And the church grew and we brought on some more staff guys. And when they brought on these staff guys, they were a little bit, older than me, but my job was sort of doing more than they did, but the church gave them like a lot of money more than they gave me. And can I tell you, I got, I was jealous, I was mad, I was, I was deserving, do you know how long, hard I've worked here and I've stuck it out here and no one appreciates it? This is not fair at all. I deserve better than this, and for six months of my life, I was wrecked because i felt entitled and when it when i read this text and it says that that the darkness can fill the body i can understand that feeling and one day for me i understood just one truth god's in control if i believe god's in control he's put anybody above, uh, he's allowed anybody who's above me that sets my pay or does whatever, he's allowed that to occur. So I can be mad at them all day long, but you know what? God's in control. Then I, then I better be mad at God if I'm gonna be mad at them. I was like, I don't want to be mad at God. Life is hard enough. Uh, and once I, I understood that truth and everything fell, fell away. It ends with verse 24. Look look here at verse 24. It says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. We all have tried to do it, and some go a long time within their lives to try to live two different lives. I mean, I'm living for God on Sunday and Wednesday, but man, the rest of the time I'm not. And the problem is, I'll just let you know, more people see it than you think see it. You think you're getting away with it, but you're not. And you're not, if you're coming on Sunday and Wednesday and living for God, and the rest of the time you're not, Wednesday and Sunday you're not living for God. You're fooling yourself. You can't, you can't do both at the same time. Some people think, that, oh yeah, well I can't. No, you can't. And right here in the text, he says, he says you, can't, you can't choose both. Uh, you've got to choose one of them. And in the end, you will serve one of them. And that, and that is, going, is going to be God when every knee shall bow and every tongue come best. But while you're here on earth, you, you, can't, you can't do both. And you've got to choose. And the crazy thing, and this sort of wraps up, do you want to be a, a master of, of the stuff that's in your life? This is is the key. Let it go. You want to be a, 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 a master over stuff in your life? Let it go. Understand God's in control. You're not. You want to be enslaved to it? Grab it. Grab it. Hold it tight. And when you think you're controlling it, when you grab it, when you grab it, it's controlling you. When you let it go, you're controlling it only through the power of God and Christ in you. Don't let stuff rule your life. Don't get caught in the lie that America says, and it's nothing against uh, America, but that's just sort of the theme. Hey, just get more stuff. Get the big house. Get the, get the cars. Get, get all this fam- family. That, that's your goal. There's more to life than stuff. Don't miss it. It's not about you. It's all about God. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for a chance just to talk about your word, to talk about stuff. God, the this, this, this stuff that can control our life, that can wreck our life. But God, you are, you are so much bigger and so much more, uh, more worthy than the stuff that we, we tend to worship and cling to. Lord, help us to be a people who, who let go Uh, and trust you, who let go and seek you, who let go and honor you. Um, And God, do not let it, please, God, do not let it be something that wrecks our life. Give us the strength and courage to follow you, because to follow you is good and right. In Jesus' name I pray.